Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's Noah Daniels. We're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings Podcast, the podcast where we bring on friends and guests to tell their ghost stories and supernatural experiences. I'm JJ Crable. What's up? I'm Catherine Clark. And today we got our good friend Edie to share a story. Hello. <laughs> Edie, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Oh, no. Um, my name is Edie Tingle, and uh, yes, that's my real last name. Thank you, Dad. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it is. Yeah, where does that come from? Uh, most of my dad's family is like Canadian, so it's just weird more oh. than anything. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't you know? Can you say tingle with like a Canadian accent? Oh, a tingle, eh? <laughs> <laughs> my Canadian accent always comes out as Irish, so. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, that's most of your accent. <laughs> <laughs> All of my are Irish. Yeah. What? Don't you know? <laughs> and Edie, you have come to our podcast today because you wanted to share a supernatural experience. I did. So as you guys know, but the listeners don't know, uh, my mom passed away last year. The story of how she passed away is like a really long and sad one. So I'm just going to kind of give the highlight. So she started to get really sick in August of last year and was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And I was the one that was primarily taking care of her. She was in and out of the hospital for a few months, but she was uh, primarily living at home and I had moved into my parents' house to take care of her. And so I was like there through the end, uh, like I was in the room when she passed away, which she did pass away at home, which was one of her last wishes, um, which I don't blame her being at a hospital sucks yeah. or like in hospice care. Like yeah. I couldn't imagine sure. doing that. Yeah. She got really sick in August of last year, and then she was diagnosed with uh, COPD. Um, by the way, fun fact, uh, they have not discovered the catalyst for colon cancer. So it was um, a catalyst meaning like uh, what causes colon cancer. Like my mom uh, baked French baguettes, like authentic French baguettes, uh, like very healthy, uh, was on her bike like seven miles a day on the belt line, like did yoga every single day, like worked out, like she was very, generally healthy. Mm -hmm. And so like colon cancer, like it just sneaks up and you know, no one's ever ready for cancer, but like my mom was a generally healthy person and uh, kind of took us by surprise. And so she did smoke for a very long time. So she was diagnosed with COPD, which is a chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is basically like emphysema and bronchitis, like had a baby and it was mm -hmm. COPD, which... Was she on oxygen? She was. Uh, so she can't... The last time she came back from the hospital, she was on an oxygen tank that... Uh, uh, we had to like go around the house with, but she also had like a big machine that would sit in the middle of our house and her uh, breathing tube was like all the way, it was like 40 feet long. So well, we had to she like, could mm -hmm. she could, I mean, our house isn't that big, so she could yeah. go around on her own. And so she, uh, she was very sick. She was fighting like crazy until the end, like about, um, so I guess she passed away on November 15th, about a week and a half before that was when the doctors told her, there wasn't really anything else that they could do. They had tried radiation. They had tried, um, you know, chemo, the traditional methods. And she was just so weak by the end that she couldn't really eat. Uh, that So the doctors couldn't really do anything for her, unfortunately. And it, uh, it shocked all of us because it took, I actually did this math the other day. From the day she was diagnosed till the day she died, it was 97 days. It's and quick. no, yeah, it was very quick. Like she had, uh, my mom had Crohn's disease. I also have Crohn's disease. Her symptoms at the beginning were uh, much like Crohn's disease. So we didn't really catch it until it was late stage, unfortunately. Yeah. The last week she was like, I was, 
I do seasonal work. I was doing seasonal work at the time. So it was kind of a lull in between the summer season and the winter season. So I had a lot of time to spend with her. Uh, it was mostly me and her uh, near the end, but my dad was also there, but it was like, you know, his job to make sure that there was, that everything was okay outside, that the bills were being paid. Mm -hmm. And that um, we have great insurance, by the way. Uh, my dad works on movies, so he's part of the union. And like both my mother and I have been covering, like that was a saving grace, not having to worry about that because everything was covered. Yeah. So it got to be the Monday. So my mom died on a Thursday, but on the Monday was when her brain kind of like started to go. Like I say, her brain left us on Monday and then her body gave out on Thursday, which, mm -hmm. you know, whew, that the body doesn't quit. So she, her mind kind of started to go on Monday and she would get caught in loops of saying the exact same thing over and over again. So on Monday, around the time her brain went, it started to rain. Mm-hmm. And it did not stop raining until very soon after she passed away, which yeah. was like within the hour. But like I said, my mom kept getting stuck in these loops. And the thing that she, she my mom, I asked my mom, uh, you know, like I'm at the time I was 24 and like I felt like my mom still had a lot more to teach me. You know, it's never fair when your parent passes away when you're young mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, I need help with this, that and the other. But mm -hmm. So I asked my mom, like, what she wanted to tell me. Like, I was sensing that there wasn't going to be a lot of time left. So I asked her what her biggest thing she wanted to tell me was. Mm -hmm. And she said, and I, I think everyone can, you know, take this to heart. Uh, she said, love. Love is the most important thing in life. And then what I took that from that was, you know, like, love each other. Like, love is the most important thing. Love makes the world go round. Mm -hmm. But as I was saying, my mom kept getting it stuck in these little loops and the phrase that she kept saying was, good night, I love you. And we'd go, mm -hmm. like, blow a little kiss. My mom would do that over and over again. And she would sleep for periods of time, but between Monday and Thursday, she just kept saying, she would say, she would like st get really worked up and startled and like try and get out of bed. But she was really weak at that point. She couldn't really get out of bed. So uh, she kept saying, good night, I love you. And and so at that point we were uh, just, you know, preparing my dad and I. So it got to be that Wednesday. So my mom was at home. Uh, the Wednesday, like at around 3 p.m., we kind of were just like, okay, it's, she's like more rapidly getting into these loops. And so around 3 p.m., my dad didn't really leave her side. She actually, at one point, I think about three hours before she passed away, she got up and used the restroom, but she hadn't been able to do that uh, for a while uh, by herself, even though she did it like by herself the last time, which was, you know, incredible because she, I, I did forget to mention that she was using a walker from like the last time she got out. Actually, this, she was in the hospital in and out, but the second to last time they sent her home with a walker because she was having trouble uh, walking. Mm -hmm. And so she used the walker to get to the restroom. And it's it's not a very far, like their, their old bedroom was like, it had its own bathroom. So you just had to go like through a little area and then go in there. So she was able to do that about three hours before she passed away. And then she kept getting stuck in this loop of... Uh, I love you. Good night. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my dad left the room actually to uh, go and make tea because it was November and it was cold and our house doesn't really have central heating. We used like little heater fireplace things. Very pretty. Mm -hmm. And my dad leaves the room. I'm on my phone doing the stupidest thing. I was looking up a remix to the Office theme song. <laughs> and I was trying, it was like a hip hop remix and I was trying to find it so I could download it on my phone. And I was kind of counting my mom's uh, breaths because it would uh, take her about 45 seconds to exhale. Wow. And then she would stop and she would kind of gasp her breath and then exhale. And then there was a point where I was just watching her and she left this world. Yeah. And my dad was still in the other room uh, making tea. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I was freaking out. So I started screaming, started screaming. And then we called the home hospice service because that was the only thing that they were doing at that point. Like, you can't really do anything. We, we know she doesn't want to be an actual hospice service. It was a few hours. So that was, uh, she died at exactly 12.45 a.m. on November 15th. And so she died in the house I still live in. It was, it's, you know, it's been a hard year. It's almost been a year since it happened. But, you know, 
my mom was my best friend. I don't have, or I mean, still is, honestly. I don't have problems saying that. Like, we fought during my teenage years, but, like, when I turned 20, I started to get it, you know? Like, you're not so bad after all. And we're also so much alike that everyone always said that my mom just, like, took, like, a rib like, from Adam and Eve and just, like, yeah. dropped it on the ground, and then I was there. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the story of like that's that's what leads up to all the happenings that have happened to me since she has passed away well before you get into that yeah stop thank you for sharing that yeah stories my oh, yeah. grandma actually died from colon cancer and mm-hmm. i would go visit her every day and it was kind of the same thing like one day she went to sleep and she was i could you could just tell things slowly stopped working like she stopped eating yeah and then one day like you know farther and farther down body parts stopped working like she would throw up everything and then she went to sleep and never woke up again and yeah it took her last breath but that you mentioned how like the day before you know your mom got up and went to the bathroom the few hours before oh she like the we were talking with the hospice nurse and they said that happens that she was just like yeah she i guess she got that last burst of energy yeah Used it all up to we've, the bathroom. We've, uh, we had someone, um, Nick DeGroote's mom came on. Oh, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, and his mom worked in a hospice and she talked to, I asked her, well, you know, have you seen people reaching out or talking to other people before they pass? And she brought up, there's a day or day of when they're totally worth it with it mentally, physically, yeah. they get up. Sometimes they like brush their hair and seem like they're getting better. I had a patient at a hospital I worked at once. We had to give him moderate to maximal assist, which is where like we're doing 75 to 100% of the moving and oh, transferring. Yeah. Um, and I walked by his room one day and he was like up by himself walking to the bathroom. He had dementia, so we could never have a conversation with him. He was always talking about something else. But this day I walked back, I walked by his room. He was up and walking and I stopped in the doorway and I was Mr. So-and-so, you need to sit down. Where are you going? Thought he was like lost in his own world. And he just looked at me and said, thank you, child. Mm-hmm. Just like totally with it. Eye contact, everything. And he died the next day. It was just like, I'd never seen him be so normal or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no, typical. I absolutely agree with that. Like before my mom was like lucid conscious until Monday and then like she left. But then I always say, like I was saying it started raining approximately around the time her brain went away and then it stopped maybe less than an hour after she passed away but it was just constant rain like I was awake most of that time I didn't sleep much during that period I always say that Thor was just looking for my mom so he could personally escort her to Valhalla oh, 100% oh yeah. yeah my mom thought Thor was really hot so yeah well, yeah, Don't we yeah. <laughs> another thing about this is my mom didn't tell people she was sick she didn't want them to know I don't know if it was like a I don't think it was a pride thing but I think she just wanted to keep it to herself so sure. there was a list of people I was supposed to call when she did pass away and I I was I was calling them um I was in the bathroom actually off of their bedroom because my dad had finally fallen asleep because the hospice people didn't actually come and get her till about three in the morning. So it was a few hours after she died. So she was, I mean, she was just there. Unfortunately, she was in the other room, but I was awake most of the night. I couldn't sleep, obviously. (laughs) So I was calling those people and I, uh, I was on the phone in the bathroom. All of a sudden the lights go out and I'm like, that's weird. So I, I live on a street with like a cafe and uh, a restaurant and like a little bodega type thing. And I went outside because I want to see if the entire neighborhood lost power. And so I, I went into the little store where my mom had actually sold her bread, uh, her French baguettes at before she like about a month before she died, she stopped because she just couldn't bake anymore. And so I went in there and I asked if their power was out. And it was, and I uh, told them that my mom had passed away. You know, hugs ensued. I went back into my house and my dad had kind of woken up and he was sleeping on the couch. And so he was like, what happened? And then the power came back on right then. And I was like, oh, that was weird. He was like, oh, you know what that was, right? I was like, what? He was like, oh, that was your mom. She was just messing with us one last time. That one was not a paranormal thing, but funny coincidence yeah Yeah. i mean who knows so do you think that part of your mom is still still here oh absolutely yeah so there were there have been a couple things that have happened since she passed away so like i mentioned we don't have any central heating in our house so in our and it's not as bad as it sounds it's not very dangerous i promise but we don't have any central heating or air in our house so we have a curtain right in front of our front door to keep all the air Mm. So I was home alone. I still live with my uh, dad. I'm 
waiting till we both kind of, you know, get back on our feet, like emotionally yeah. trying to find a new normal. Sure. And so I was home alone one day and I was sitting in our living room, which is like our front door. There's like a little bit of a hallway and then it lets out into our living room. And the curtain makes a very distinct noise when it's moved. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting in our living room and I think I was... I think I was tinkering with our sewing machine, my mom's sewing machine, trying to get it to work, but I know nothing about sewing machines, so I wasn't making any headway. I hear the curtain move about halfway, uh, like if someone pulled it back halfway, and the sound is very distinct. It's like plastic and metal, like moving against each other. Mm-hmm. I was very scared because I was home alone and I didn't hear the front door open at all. And there's a, there's, my mom was a very cautious woman, so she had bells on the front door too. She's kind of a witch. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I love that. She had bells like, now that I'm thinking about it, it's more witchy. Uh, it's a gargoyle bell on our front door. Right. Like that has also has a very specific <laughs> noise when you open the door. So the curtains opens halfway. I don't see it, but I can hear it and I'm very scared. So I stop what I'm doing. I grab the scissors that are sitting next to the sewing machine because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like there's someone in my house, like I've been listening to too many murder podcasts. I think that everyone's trying to kill me. Scissor the shit out of them. Yeah, it's just like, they were were like sewing scissors, so they were really sharp. And so I go and then like, I peek my head just a little bit around the corner and the curtain is halfway back. And it was the dead of summer, so I know I closed it to keep the cold air in our living room. Is that something your mom would do a lot? Close the curtain? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. She used to get on everyone... Um, all my friends, like if they didn't close the curtain behind them yeah. really well. And so she would always move it back. Yeah. Well, like, that's also a, a commonality we hear in stories mm-hmm. or like stories that I've heard is like they'll do something that w- is familiar to you mm-hmm. so that you know it's them. Yeah. Which, no, absolutely. Which like, you know, I have friends that say white butterflies are mm-hmm. always people visiting her or prayers being answered. Another sees like hearts in leaves everywhere. And when she sees a heart, she knows it's her dad. Um, I've never had any, or some people say they see the same sequence of numbers, like on signs or on cars, and they'll just happen to look and they'll just see it all the time. I had a friend in college who would, anytime she looked at the clock, it seemed to be like 213 or 313 or 413. So 13 was the common number. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And nothing like that's ever happened to me. But yeah, the window opening makes sense. My friend's uh, grandfather passed away And they were all watching like a show one night and heard like a door open, except, you know, they were in the living room. The door didn't open, but it sounded and the dad was like, oh, that sounded like my childhood door opening. Mm. And then it's just like little signs like Mm. that that make them think that spirit is trying to tell them that they're there or their smells or. It's so funny because there are so many things that have very specific like sounds, like the curtain opening, like the door opening, Mm -hmm. like even when whenever I was home alone, like, and I heard someone come through the door, I, if I heard the key, like how their keys jingle, I mm-hmm. could tell who it was. Cause yeah. it was like, that's a commonality thing. Like I think a lot of people deal with like, Oh, it's like, Oh, I know who this person is because of the way they walk or mm-hmm. their keys jingling. Makes me wonder if you take the gargoyle bell down throughout the week, you'll forget you took it down. But if you were to hear it again or something oh, like that, I would, run away very fast <laughs> when you saw that it had opened and you started to kind of connect the dots did mm-hmm. you know immediately that you know your belief was that your mother had moved it or was that something you came to a conclusion later on were you skeptic at first i don't think i i i believe in the paranormal and everything like that so i think my first thing was like oh who moved this mm-hmm. then it was like my first thought was my mom okay. to logically be like i'm the only one home yeah the, my the first thought was the bell. did i leave it open no it's the, it's really hot in this house. I want to conserve all the mm-hmm. AC and especially like hearing the noise. Like I, I didn't have anything on. Like I, I normally play like something in the background or have a podcast on or something like that. But I had nothing on at that point. And you don't have any pets that could have moved it or anything like that? I have three very ungrateful cats, but they're, they couldn't move it. It's a very heavy curtain. Okay. Like it's a very ornate heavy curtain that has like, it's a little bit too long for the space. So there's a little, there's maybe like six inches at the bottom that uh, insulate it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's heavier than it would normally be. Yeah. There's no like under, like it's not easily moved. Right. Did you have other things happen? Yes, I have them written down. So there's only a few, two or three more, I promise. Uh, It's okay, I want to hear all of them. So um, (laughs) 
I now inhabit the room that uh, was my parents' former room. Like, I, I live in there now. Like, I was sleeping on a futon before in their living room uh, while I was living there taking care of my mom. And so I now uh, live in the room that was my parents' old room. And that was the room that she passed away in. But there, like I said, there's a shower, like, right off of that room in there. The only way you can get to the shower is going through the room. So, like, there's a bathroom back there, but the, the only way to get to that shower is through my bedroom. And so, one night, I was home alone, again, because all these things always happen when you're home alone. <laughs> and so, near the end, my mom uh, would cry sometimes because she was in so much pain. Um, yeah. A tumor the size of both of my fists, like, this big, was in her abdomen. And mm -hmm. I would say that's, like, six inches i don't know for the viewers at home that cannot see my tiny fist together <laughs> uh six inches and it was like three inches around it was pretty big and it was it formed very fast in her uh colon slash intestine mm -hmm. and so she would cry sometimes because you know that's got to be really painful and she wasn't on any painkillers for the longest time and so i was home alone really late at night taking a shower and i was listening to music and I think I was listening to some pop punk band from the 2000s because that seems very on brand for me. I don't remember. Like NSYNC probably. Yeah, uh, <laughs> close enough. Um, so I was home alone and I, I start hearing this noise. And so I like freeze instantly and I'm like washing my hair. I'm like, oh, that's not a fun noise. So I pause my music and the noise stops. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just hearing things. I don't really need to pay this any mind. So I start my music again. And then a few minutes go by, the song changes over to a new one. And then I hear the noise again, the exact same noise. And I pause my music again, and the noise continues. And it sounds exactly like my mom crying. And I get out of the shower, like still soaking wet. And I go into my room, and there's nothing there. And but the noise is fainter when I go into my room, but the noise is still happening. It's, it's very low, but you can still hear it. I go back into the bathroom and the noise just kind of tapers off. It sounded exactly like my mom crying, which is so haunting, hearing wow. someone f crying. And has your dad had any of these experiences? Um, We haven't talked about them if he has. I don't think he has. Uh, I think that would be something he would immediately tell me. Yeah. Because we, we are very close, my dad and I, and we, you know, we're a team that was taking care of my mom till the end. And uh, he would definitely tell me. And he believes in supernatural things as well. We've had that conversation. <laughs> it was like bone chilling, crying. It was like, it wasn't even like a full, like, full, like, bursting crying or anything that, like that. It was low and it was a painful cry. Like the person was in pain not like they were sad, hmm. which is why I think it's my mom. And like, yeah. I don't think she was crying for help. I think she was just like upset, which is fair. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sorry for, for oh, it to be so no. sad. <laughs> no, it's just a lot to think about. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this stuff is it's so hard to talk about, but I think it's important that especially, I'm gonna get a little woo-woo, as, as humans, as just as humans, being yeah. able to talk about and share these experiences because they happen to all of us and they will happen to all of us. And There's probably somebody listening to this episode right now that can relate to you with some oh, of the experiences yeah. you've had. Yeah. No, like I, I want to be able to talk about this. Like I, like I said, I was 24 when my mom died. I'm 25 now and it's like almost been a year. Uh, I was 23 when she got sick. But it's just like there are group, there are, uh, I'm in a really weird in-between age where there are like support groups for kids. And then there are support groups for people in their 30s and above. But there is not a support group that I have been able to find that is specifically geared towards young adults, yeah. specifically losing yeah, parents. Yeah. That's really interesting. I know. Um, I know we're both so uh, we're we're both part of that Atlanta group, the Dream Warriors. Yes, yeah. Like an all female. Um, I don't know. Or female best, identifying. Oh, female yeah. identifying group on Facebook where people can go and like vent or they can ask for suggestions mm -hmm. or services. And I've seen multiple that are like, hey, yeah. guys, my mom just passed away. And I've seen you comments on it. Yep. And it's such a great su support system. But all of them are looking for that group. Yeah, no, uh, there's this. Uh, oh, I am going to butcher this. But there is a uh, group in Atlanta that meets that's some kind of support dinner. And you can sign up on their website or you can request to be a part of their dinner. Say if there's a dinner 
near you that happens either uh, bi-quarterly or quarterly about people who have lost parents. And I okay. have applied to be in there. I haven't heard back yet, but uh, it it is specific. It's like a dinner where people can just talk about it. And yeah. like a friend of mine recently, actually, um, uh, he lost his mom very suddenly and uh i've been not like guiding him but like give like offering advice he yeah. mm-hmm. it, it hits you in different ways at different points sure. like there are surely like uh like there are things i haven't even began to process yet even almost a year later like i'm trying to help him out like this best way i can but it is nice to like talk to other people but i have not yet found that group and uh i will say that my therapist has also looked in atlanta for different uh, groups and there isn't one that's suited for hmm. people like me, yeah. which is, is very interesting. Is there right? online groups? Um, define online, like yeah, because like I feel like we could say there's been so many different cases, even in that Dream Warriors page, yeah, where there's so much support mm-hmm. and so much feedback. But have the idea of like meeting once a week or once a month or twice a month with yeah. just a group of people to check in about the stuff of all different levels of like you know past six years ago or past last yeah. week. And uh, there, there isn't one. Like I, I am a part of this group. Uh, again, I'm gonna butcher the name. Uh, mm-hmm. Healing after the loss of your mother. Uh, grief support. I think. I, I'm sorry if I got that wrong. That's awesome. But someone online. Saying, That's on Facebook. Yes. Uh, I found it very helpful. Like there are a lot of members in there. But someone did post the other day that said like. I'm 24 and I just lost my mom. But it seems like everyone in here is like. 35 plus and like a bunch of people commented and said like hey i'm 22 24 like whichever but the, this group also spans like all over the world so it's not like we could meet up uh and have a right. uh, in like a church basement or something yeah. and yeah if you go um kind of changing topics yeah you're good here, but um is it you know staying in your mom's old room is that i know some people would like be really uh kind of afraid uh about that do you find like is it kind of comforting do you kind of feel like some of her presence is still in there i honestly think the reason why they're like i've been experiencing so many things is because like i sleep in that room and like i inhabit that room that she i mean she she did pass away in there and Mm -hmm. she's honestly i think she's still there and, like, I still do have one more experience that I've yeah. written down. So, uh, I was going to sleep, this is maybe, like, three months ago. Like, all of this, all of these things have happened within the last nine months, I would say. Uh, all these experiences I've been talking about. So, like, about maybe, this was the second to last one that I've kind of, like, felt her. And so, I was going to sleep one night. Um, I think I had come back from a show or something and I was like feeling really great and um what kind of show oh you know one of those improv shows uh that I'm part of the village theater community oh wow yeah thank you you do improv I do yeah I've heard Uh, good things so much fun uh but I came back from a show one night and um I was like getting ready for bed and like I was I was still pretty awake because you know sometimes like when you whenever you get off stage uh you still have a lot of adrenaline going at least I do so I was very awake and I was trying to find something to calm me down and like so I could go to sleep because I had to be at work early the next day I was like turned off my light and I was kind of laying there very awake I just heard good night I love you Mm. I didn't hear the kiss noise but I heard good night I love you and it was clear as day my mom's voice and I like my eye like it you can still you can see pretty much in the dark in my room because there's a street light like 40 feet away from my window so I like my eyes opened so wide and like I looked around because it was like as clear as day like I could hear it I'm like I wasn't asleep but like you know like that not sleep paralysis but like you know, seeing things or like hearing things when you're halfway asleep, mm-hmm, but I was still yeah. very much awake and I just heard, good night, I love you. Which my mom, I am I am not embarrassed to say this, uh, every night since I had a cell phone, my mom texted me and said, good night, I love you. Sweet Aww. dreams. Mm. I know, even, even when so she was cute. sick, I know. And so 
if I wasn't at home or like when I was a teenager, she would just text me that and like, so good night. I love you. And you were, you said you were in your bed. I was in my bed, uh, like almost exactly because my, my bed is now where their bed used to be. So I was almost in the exact spot. Did it, uh, can you describe like where you heard it? Does that make sense? Like, did it sound like it was coming from the side of the bed? A side it of sounded the like it was coming from right above me. Uh-huh. Not oh, like wow. one side or the other. Cause it, it, so, you know, when you're like talking with someone and they're like right in front of you, but their mm-hmm. feet are on the ground, so they can't obviously be hovering above you, but they're like, obviously like right in front of you. That is what it sounded like, mm-hmm. but my eyes were closed and I was just like, what? Have you made an attempt to communicate back when these things have happened? I, in that instance, I said, I love you too. And then I closed my eyes mm-hmm. and I felt like a very calming, warm loving presence and I was able to go to sleep. And has that experience put you more at peace with what's happened or has it had a a lasting effect on you? Um, I wouldn't say like, like I'm never going to have, I don't think I'm ever going to have peace with what happened. Like people are like, Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm like, it's so it's not okay, but it happened. So I, I knew, I know I have to accept it, but, uh, little things like that do give me a little bit of peace. Like, I believe one of the ways my mom communicates with me is through music, because that is something we both loved very dearly. And I was uh, having breakfast with my partner the other week uh, when it was my birthday. And so um, we were eating breakfast at uh, Rhea's Bluebird Cafe near my house. Yeah. Best pancakes in the world, I swear, New York Times rated. Uh <laughs> I know, they're so good. Uh, But I was sitting there with my partner and we were just kind of like making small talk over the best pancakes in the world. Rhea's Bluebird does not sponsor this No, they don't, uh, but I'm just, yeah, I just, I just, (laughs) watch out, I just just really want you to go there. (laughs) The music overhead was kind of like hipstery and like punkish. And then all of a sudden a song that had no business being on that playlist uh, called Brass and Pocket. I want to say it's by The Pretenders. Uh, it was one of the songs I listened to with my mom growing up, and that song had no place being on that playlist or whatever. What but, kind of uh, genre of music is Brass oh, and Pocket? Gosh. <laughs> uh, mm, uh, like kind of like jazz. No, <laughs> like uh, it's very like it's very light electric guitar okay. almost acoustic but it was just like it had no place being on that playlist of like what was playing before right. and so we also used to listen to that song when i was a kid and like i just felt that my mom was with me then because like mm. who's would be playing the pretenders mm. at like a popular cafe when they were just playing like that's another uh, yeah the no dj was probably like who who on earth put this on my playlist <laughs> who did this your mom's just, like, like, she's just like got the headphones on <laughs> this guy in the back with like his glasses and his man bun and his flannel yeah. shirt. He's like, wait, this is not. This is. I don't want Chrissy Hine in my playlist. Yeah. Um, but that's also no, yeah, something that is commonly brought up is just songs at random times. Oh or yeah, like the same one over and over that mm-hmm. maybe was tied in with your loved one. Yeah, but I did totally feel her sitting there with us because also when I was in high school, I used to skip. School. <gasps> but 80s oh. teachers, if you are listening to this uh, podcast. Well, I would skip school with my mom and we would go and get breakfast at Rita's Bluebird Cafe. Oh, and nice. we would then go to the High Museum, like spend the day. I was like, Mom, don't make me go to school. Yeah. So she and, was still educating you when you were. Yeah. My mom was. Yeah, you my just mom went was an on educator. A person field trip yeah, and your mom was the chaperone. It's funny because she was the art teacher at my high school. No, so wow. technically. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question, and I hope yeah. it's not too personal. What's up, um, Noah? Do you feel a- apprehensive about moving out of the house? Ooh, so that ha- you're not the first person to ask me that, and um, I don't. Th- I so I moved out of that house when, uh, or moved out of my parents' house when I was 18, and lived with roommates, <clears throat> also with a part uh, partner at the time, and um, so I moved out right when they moved into this house. And I moved back in with them after that relationship ended. And I lived there for, a, I want to say two years almost. And then I moved in with my uh, partner and we lived together for almost two and a half. Hmm? Yeah, two and a half years. We, yeah. 
I mean, I'm totally doing math wrong. It was a year and a half. Math is hard. I know. Let and like timelines. No, I... <laughs> but when my relationship with that person kind of crumbled to an end was around the time my mom started getting really sick. So I moved back in with my parents to take care of my mom and that relationship had ended. So I was like, I don't really have uh, anywhere else to go. And my mom was getting really sick. So I felt like an obligation to take care of her. But I think when, so it's uh, October now. Um, and so next month will mark the uh, year of my mom being gone. And I already have plans with someone to move out and we're actually currently looking for houses. So I think I am ready, um, but I just want to make sure that my dad is okay. Because I mean, like, you know, he's a widower now. Like, wouldn't that suck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Has your dad had uh, any kind of experiences where he feels like, well, other than the electricity going out where he's like, oh, that was her. Um, like little things, like on her birthday of this year, uh, she would have been 65. We went to her favorite restaurant again, and I'm not sponsoring them, but I'm just saying they're really good. Give us a kickback at Atlanta restaurants. <laughs> um, but my mom was, my mom was a foodie and loved like all food and she was a sh chef and like loved making French baguettes. Uh, so on her birthday, we went to Babette's, which is an amazing French cuisine place. Can you spell that? B A, <laughs> you know how to spell that. Just to make it really clear to our Just, listeners and to bad bags, like give French us some of that French cooking. money food. Um, but on <laughs> her birthday, we went to French food money. You can we... edit around that, right? <laughs> nope, that's <laughs> take it out. Take it out. I don't like French food. Um, but like escargot. So like, like there have been. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we did not eat escargot. Why not? Like, they're probably like gummy bears, like, but salty. I've had escargot. They are basically gummy worms that are salty. They're like yeah. slimy. They're right. food no, boogers. Did I say gummy bears? Wait, I'm sorry. Did you just say food boogers? Yeah, they're just no, that's, boogers. That's hey, we all ate our boogers at one point. So. I actually are you don't saying think we I don't did. anymore? <laughs> It's the podcast Wait, tradition. No. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like, this morning is While we're remember. on this topic, the food booger, is that what you said? Yeah. He's called the food Are those little things you have to slurp out of the thing? Well, oysters? you're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> Are you talking about oysters? Yeah, they're just like salty, wet, nothing. <laughs> they're also cold, too, so that kind of makes sense. Muscles, I can do, because there's something there that's what tangible. What were we talking about? French yeah. cooking, right. Uh, uh, Babette. Thank you, Babette. I, I won that. This, you did, sure. Food booger. Well, I think Babettes. that oysters are like, I think they're kind of like boogers in the sense of like, got you got to work to get them. And sometimes there's a pearl in there. Oh, for sure. sure. Yeah. So Not when you get it at a restaurant. Well, no, that's when you're at home. It's like <laughs> taking leftovers, you know? Oh, that is the aphrodisiac when true. you find the pearl. <laughs> Yikes. Um... What was I gonna say? When we were sitting at Babette's, for whatever reason, we had a candle on our table that was, it wasn't like one of those religious candles, but it had glass protecting it. So like on either side, but this, the top was still open. I don't know, it's like, it was a lot, it kind of looked like a religious candle, but like not as fancy. By a religious candle, you mean like the really the tall? The really tall ones, yeah, ones. exactly. Like, like the Virgin Mary on Or the, like the Dolly Parton on the side. This one? That one, yeah, Ooh. exactly like that, so. It's like a long and skinny I'm candle. One, listeners. Yes, it's very pretty. They're Does great it smell candles. Good? No, they're great. They I'm not Catholic, but I like the candles. But they're not scented. I don't get it. I, they're just They're for praying. Okay, so the candle kind of looked like that. So like you couldn't blow it out from the side. You know what I mean? It needed uh -huh. a, it needed a top blow. It needed <laughs> mm, Yeah. Yeah, it needed someone to blow it from the top. Uh so the candle went out randomly. And my dad just kind of like looked at it and gave me a look and he was just like, you know what's up. And I was like, oh. And that was your mother's birthday. It was on my mother's birthday. She blew the candle oh. out. She did, because it was her birthday. But none of the other candles oh. in this very busy restaurant went out. I oh checked. man, what if they all went out at one time? Oh, I would not be breathing anymore. That, that I would scare would, me. Your mom would be such a badass if she got <laughs> she all the candles like, <laughs> to just go out. Yeah. yeah. But, You know, yeah. we've heard uh, some stories where it's like, the the ghost seems to be kind of like tied to a specific place. Mm -hmm. um, I I like that your your mom uh, your mom spirit can still like 
go out to eat with oh, y'all yeah. and enjoy her birthday dinner. Well, That's pretty nice. so uh, she died on November 15th, which last year fell a week before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So we, my dad and I hadn't really expected her to make it to Thanksgiving. And so my mom, like I said, she was a chef. So she made a, every holiday was about food. Like uh-huh. she loved cooking. She was, I mean, she was like, she was matriarch. And like, we actually, from the time I was in high school, um, till the time like now, like last or not last year, but the year before we had Thanksgiving with another family that I was close to in high school. And she, one of my friends from high school, sup Jack, uh, he, <laughs> um, he was like one of my best friends. He took a seminar from my mom during our short term break about cooking. And he ended up loving cooking, really getting a knack for it. So that Thanksgiving, which was like a month later, our short term break was, you know, kind of like a weird time where we weren't really taking classes. And so a month later, like our families were so close that my mom and Jack actually cooked Thanksgiving dinner. And that was a tradition all the way until he moved to Ireland, his family's from Ireland. But um, Mike made all of our food and it was, we didn't make a lot because it was just me and my dad that year. Uh, We were like trying to get through day by day because it was still very fresh. Yeah. Um, We ended up going to see Bohemian Rhapsody on Thanksgiving after we cooked our little meal. And it, my mom and I really, <laughs> really loved the actor uh, Rami Malek. Mm-hmm. And so he's an amazing performer. Again, Rami Malek is not sponsoring me. No, no, no. I just really <laughs> like... I really Malek. like... You're an Oscar no. winner now? You want uh, those Mr. Robot movies. Oh, he's so good in that show. <laughs> but my mom and I had watched um, Mr. Robot together and like we really loved it. And so... Oh, uh, sorry, I just Googled him. He's cute. He's hot, yeah. yeah he's he's a, did you know he's Egyptian? He also has a twin brother. Cool. He does, but he doesn't look as cute as him. His brother's a our, little bit. Our previous guest, who we just had on, used to work with his twin brother at Hulu. Really? I just remember that. Ooh. What? Okay, the... weird flex, but that's weird, cute. Weird flex, <laughs> but okay. Um, but I had a dream a couple days before we went and saw Thanksgiving, or it was me, my mom, and my dad. So it was still really fresh that my mom wasn't there. But my mom, well, we, it was Thanksgiving and my mom was there and she didn't say anything, but she was there. She did not speak a word this entire dream, but we ate, laughed. She didn't laugh. She never thought I was funny. She always kept saying I needed new material. I have a really terrible <laughs> joke. Noah, I'm going to tell you this joke. What do you call a pile of kittens? I don't know. What do you call a pile of kittens? A meowntin. <laughs> oh. That's funny, right? It works. I know. She, I kept telling her that joke when she was doing chemo, and like our little banter was like, I need a new material. She never thought I it was mean, funny. Like, I she thought I was funny. funny. She thought I was funny till the day she died and always said she was very, very proud of me. So I'm joking wholeheartedly. That's she definitely me. Laffy Taffy word. Well, I will yeah. say. real. Like, yeah, or popsicles yeah. or like. It's definitely related to what population oh, yeah. is receiving. Oh, yeah. I joke. also want a mountain of kittens now. You want a mountain of kittens? It's well, a mountain. Well, you should talk to your producers about that. Maybe they can get it for you. I thought um, that joke was going to be like, what, like, going to take a real dark turn. No, no. <laughs> like, she would have liked for it to take a dark turn, but like, <laughs> I it was going to be like the pile of dead babies joke oh, or something. No. <laughs> mountain to dead babies. Or, I, I thought it was going to be a sex joke. I was like, oh yeah. Oh no. That's why your face went blank after I started saying it. You're like, what? <laughs> what do you call? That was a funny Sorry. joke. But uh, so in that dream, I like we all like laughed, went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody, kind of like what me and my dad did later that week. But but with her. But with her, which was yeah. cool in that dream. But then like me and my dad went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody, and my mom really loved Rami Malek, and we had gotten really excited when we heard the news that he was going to be Freddie Mercury. Mm. And like when she started to get kind of sick, like one of the first images leaked of Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury, like, you know, posed in that sexy position with the microphone. And my mom was like, man, he is hot. (laughs) So uh, it was like really special. Like I would have loved to have seen that movie with my mom, but Mm. it was, you know, I felt like she was there with us watching it. Yeah. And she, like, I knew he was going to win that Oscar. Like, I walked out of the movie theater and told my dad, I was like, that's, he's going to win that Oscar, dad. And he's like, no, he's not. Well, kind of like JJ brought up about, or Kat maybe actually brought it up. We've had people talk about how ghosts might be connected to a certain place or a certain oh, yeah. room. Or based on what you've told me mm-hmm. and me not knowing anything but the story I've heard, I would think that because you were such a caretaker to your mom, I mean, she's probably imprinted on you in some way. I absolutely believe that. So my mom was crazy obsessed with pearl buttons and uh they're like 
shiny but they're like really gorgeous buttons that uh are on like sweaters and things like that they're they're things, on clothes they're on where clothes. buttons go things where buttons go but they're like gorgeous like if you don't know what pearl buttons look like look it up they're, yeah. they have a very specific look and so my mom had collected a lot of pearl buttons so whenever i see pearl buttons usually in threes on sweaters and like there's yeah. three buttons on it i've seen it a lot since she passed away and three represents the three of us in our family it's always been a recurring theme just the number three like you were saying yeah. earlier wow. the pearl buttons and the number three two are the things well it certainly sounds like your mom was a great person oh, and yeah. yeah thank you for sharing so much Absolutely. oh yeah I, I talked a lot and i'm sorry no, <laughs> don't be sorry yeah. claim your space with your speech first apologize for oh. talking oh man is that what podcasting is all about <laughs> it's apologizing for talking <laughs> specifically why we bring people on oh um, but no, I mean, look, you're one of my favorite people Aww. and I was excited that you were coming on tonight Thank to you. tell your story with you, all your humor. You were just excited to watch me cry on your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Don't even try me. We that have was... been illustrating and we will post. No, oh, me crying. <laughs> oh, good. Is, the there, like a, is there like a courtroom sketch artist in the yes. corner? Yeah. Oh, there, yeah. there, he is. there he is. Earl, come on out. <laughs> all <laughs> right, Earl. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, no, man. we we really appreciate you coming on and sharing. Yeah. I know that was really personal and not I mean, an easy thing to talk about. The thing like I was worried about was just like talking forever and then like feeling like I skipped over some parts, but like I, I skipped over a few things, but it wasn't even they weren't that important, but I feel like I told the main things without getting yeah. too sad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is there anything you want to put out on this podcast like I don't know Oh. Regarding the group you were talking about, or something, projects in your life, or oh man, anything you want to plug? Word of oh, encouragement. Um, I think I got, I think I got something. I think the thing I want to remind people is what I mentioned earlier about my mom's advice. Like, the most important thing in life is love, guys. Spreading it, sharing it, you know, speaking your mind about it. Like, mm -hmm. share whatever you have, no matter how big or how little. The world revolves around love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Average love is okay. It doesn't have to be super big. I mean, it, it could even be platonic love. You know, don't don't look at me like that. <laughs> um, no, but like, I think it's totally okay to tell people you love that you love them. Like, it's it shouldn't. You should. I hear you. Like, I'm trying to say, like, you should be able to even tell the people you love that you love them like because you never know what they're battling behind closed doors yeah. and it might be the best part about their days being like just pat like holding their shoulder i don't know if you hold their shoulder hug them i don't know holding yeah. a shoulder shoulder holding is like great the, just being thank like, you she's holding I my shoulder you. right now uh, listeners kind of like noah tell us you love us <laughs> yeah come noah on, come on noah. i i hate you guys, not that much. Noah. Aww, I love you, Noah. Aww, and I love, I love, love. you, Noah. <laughs> you jerk. All right, but I do have something to plug. So uh, that's <laughs> love aside. Bleh. Uh, I am on an improv team called McClutsky and Sturgill. Oh. Maybe you've heard of them. I don't know. <laughs> there may uh, be three other people in this room ooh, on the improv team. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but we, um, saying we have a run of shows during November at uh, Village Theater. McClutsky and Sturgill follows... In Atlanta. Uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> McClutsky and Sturgill follows, you know, the two mishaps of two rookie buddy cops and just trying to fight for their jobs every day. And every week there are two new McClutsky and Sturgills and oh. they have to solve cases that are real life blotters you know like those yeah. things you see in creative loafing real life silly police cases yes <laughs> and it's so much fun to do like I enjoy I think it's very obvious that when we're on stage uh, that we enjoy doing improv with each other and we love riffing off of each other but that's that's the thing that I'm doing that's uh, coming up cool yeah that's it I hope we get some, no, that's not it. some listeners there uh, yeah well, Both this is normally the part of podcast where we talk about what we believe and what we don't. But I don't know oh, that yeah. this is really that kind of. Well, I will so. fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, I, you know, I've always felt like I, I can't 
fully say like, yeah, I believe unless I've really had that personal experience Mm -hmm. and I can't know if I would believe in it or not unless that uh, kind of thing has happened to me. And I I think there's, you know, some people who believe in ghosts because just like the happenstance was so strange. That can't be coincidence. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, Edie, kind of what I sense from your your story is that, you know, the the happenstance is, or not so much that the happenstance is so strange, but that it's so emotionally connected and powerful to, you know, really personal, intimate experiences that you know i think that that strong feeling you know i'm sure to you makes it seem like it's it's too much to be coincidental so i would say and none of these are like malicious or anything like i never feel like i'm being attacked like some people sometimes feel like they're being attacked like Mm -hmm. objects are thrown at them or like you know they see uh jawa eyes in the dark or something but like none of these i think it was just my mom being like saying hey i'm still here yeah yeah like i i talk to her all the time like I, like one of our jokes when am, am i allowed to curse on this podcast yes okay Don't look at me. uh when when she was alive she, uh, i'm sorry um like, <laughs> you you're can... like the the maternal figure. The maternal. <laughs> These are my children. No <laughs> one changed yep. my children. Mama. I am. Okay. Yikes. First too far. Hashtag but, uh, too far. Oh, um, whenever we were alive, whenever she was alive, we would call each other assholes all the time. And mm-hmm. like, I, I still to this day call her an asshole. I'm like, you, like, I just like look up and I'm like, you asshole <laughs> just like when like random things happen like when i see her in like every day i'm like you yeah. bitch <laughs> <laughs> well from our asshole to yours that's another episode of the <laughs> real Ooh, really podcast. that's how we're ending this one <laughs> no I'm just kidding. That's, uh... <laughs> oh, i liked it <laughs> we can keep it i'm just saying let's try out a couple different endings <laughs> yeah. ready? i knew that would bother a cat specifically that's why hey, our asshole Here. to yours that kind of bothers let me, me just say i hope that stays on the podcast and everyone has a great uh, night or day <laughs> wherever you are all right, guys, that's uh, that's our episode of The Real Hauntings. I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm JJ Crable. And I'm Kat. Oh, I'm Edie Tingle. And from our asshole to yours. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.